0: That relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college. Show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to McNamara on Money. Um, my co-host this morning is my brother Justin McNamara. Good morning. Zooming in. Good
1: morning. I'm zooming in.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I'm
1: just, just I am, I am responsible for, uh, for for three children right now. So you know, if we have if we have a little background so, noise, I ap- apologies in advance.
0: No worries. We're totally used <laughs> to that. Somebody, I yeah, just saw sure. friends out last night, and uh, sometimes we play these videos, you know, on the local TV sto- uh, TV stations and I just saw friends out last night that happened to see it on TV. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before and they were talking about um, I guess we had recorded this one during COVID and how my kids kept just coming in and talking to me and <laughs> handing me dogs and there was all this background noise and I was just like, oh, you know, especially during COVID. We were just, you know, trying to make it work. Yep. <laughs> so we totally get it. So no worries. I would love to see fam- our kids. We are a family business. That's there right. Um, all right. So this morning we're talking about Roth IRAs. This is my favorite, favorite show today. I think we've done it about once a year for the last few years. So um, I love Roths. I I talk about them a lot. I'm sure you do with your clients, Justin. I think they're super appropriate for, well, we'll get into who they're appropriate for. I think they're appropriate for a lot of people. Um, We'll talk about all the... you know specifics: who can contribute, who can't, why you might consider it, why you might need a Roth IRA. I did a whole show once called "Why You Need a Roth IRA," and I think um, the first show I ever did was "The Roth and All Its Beauty." So I don't have a fancy name for this one, but we're talking about Roths today, and no, Marybeth,
1: um, I saw it. Mary Beth sent me the schedule. I think it was maybe "Glory: or The Roth and All Its Glory." Oh, the
0: Roth and uh, All Its Glory. We can go with that I, one. I
1: think online it will have a fancy title. All
0: right, like, let's so go with all that all one. I like is, it. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. So. <laughs> I wanted to... I guess I like to start with a little bit of a... Discussion about the tax code because I do like talking about taxes, but also because it's very relevant to this uh, discussion regarding the difference between Roth's and other types of retirement accounts. And we're inevitably going to be talking about taxes throughout the show because whether or not a Roth contribution is appropriate versus another type of IRA contribution, um, it comes down to taxes. You know, taxes now, taxes later. Um, So it's it's very relevant to the entire conversation. So I like to start with just an explanation of our tiered tax system in the United States. And I I like to get into history about where tax brackets have been and, you know, a little speculation about where they might go in the future. Um, So for those people that don't understand, we have a a, what we call a tiered tax bracket system in the United States. So, um, you, you know, we have right now in 2022, seven tax brackets. And if you're in the highest tax bracket, for example, you're not paying all of your taxes at that at that rate. Our highest tax bracket right now is 37%. So if you're in the 37% tax bracket, you're not paying taxes on all your money at 37%. You're paying taxes in all of the brackets. So for example, our lowest tax bracket is 10%. So a married couple filing jointly that has taxable income for 2022, less than $20,000, roughly $500, they're in the 10% tax bracket. So they'll pay taxes on their taxable income at 10% Someone that has Taxable income above that A married a couple And up to roughly $83,000 I'm just going to round today Is in the 12% tax bracket
1: But well, let, me, let me stop you real quick Would you like me to For, for our potential uh, TV listeners Would you like me to Pop this up on the screen Oh good idea screen sharing I can
0: Oh that's a uh, super good idea I try are, it you're now in charge though try Yeah try it now That's right, a great I'll idea Justin I'll Justin, pull it up you. in a second yeah. Alright cool Um yeah, and also I meant to let you know earlier that like I tend to get super excited about this topic and I go super fast. So sometimes you might need to slow me down and if I'm going too fast and not explaining things because I get excited about this topic. All no right, so for a married couple filing jointly that has taxable income between 20000 and 83000 per year, that's the 12% tax bracket. But that doesn't mean they're paying all their taxes at 12%. They're paying taxes on their first roughly twenty thousand five hundred dollars at ten percent, and then the dollars between twenty thousand and eighty three thousand that's where they'll pay at the ten at the twelve percent rate. And I'll just go. We don't need to go. I'll just go one step further, right? Just to explain how this is called a tiered tax system yep. um, versus a flat tax. I actually don't know. Maybe there's countries in the world that have a flat tax system. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, So uh, a lot of uh, people, a lot of married couples filing jointly might be in the 22 percent or the 24 percent tax bracket. But let's just take the 22 percent bracket, for example. So if you're a married couple and you file jointly with your spouse and your taxable income after deductions is and after uh, deductible retirement contributions. If your taxable income is between eighty three thousand five hundred roughly and that hundred and seventy eight thousand, then you're in the 22 percent tax tax bracket. But again, that doesn't mean you're paying all your taxes at 22%. You're paying uh, some taxes at 10%, some taxes at 12%, and then dollars above that, 83000 at 22%. So someone that has taxable income of $83,600, they're in the 22% tax bracket, but they're only paying at that rate for $50, bucks, right? And then most of their um, taxable income is in, at, in the 12% bracket. Um, right. it, it would be interesting to know if there are Any countries that have a flat tax But like I'm
1: going to guess Russia
0: Google will tell us um, So, so a t- a, Some people would call this a progressive Tax system as well so r- Really the thinking is uh, You know that uh, people with Lower amounts of income um, You know some people Think it's more fair for them to pay taxes At a lower rate they don't have as much disposable Income so you know they're paying tax Taxes at a lower rate, and then uh, people with higher amounts of income. Um, in, in the thinking is that they can afford to pay more in taxes. They, they can, um, you know, they have much more disposable income than lower income earners. So, so wealthier people, are higher income earners, pay taxes at higher rates. Again, not on all of their dollars. But um, on some of their dollars, will pay taxes at a higher rate. So it's called a progressive tax system. So the more money you make, the more you will pay in taxes, of course, in a dollar amount, but also in terms of the percentage um, in tax that you'll pay. OK. I,
1: and yeah, I, I know it's also called that, you know, your, your marginal tax rate is the, the last rate at which you pay taxes. Mm. And there is, you know, if you say, Hey, what tax rate are you in? You may be in, let's say the 24% tax bracket, but then, um, your, your average tax rate may be sort of materially different. Right. So we right. deal with this. Um, I always say deal with it. Like we're like, I'm like, I'm mad. Um, but no, I, we, we address <laughs> the situation. Some
0: people get mad about taxes <laughs>
1: <laughs> with clients though. And yeah. say, you know, Hey, hey you're going to take some money out of your IRA. We need to, you know, it's, it's probably appropriate for you to withhold taxes, and they may, you know, reach out to their CPA and say, "All right, I'd like to withhold 16 um, percent in federal taxes for my right. distribution." Well, 16 percent is not a, is not a bracket, but you know, that's it, maybe that's their average tax rate. So when they're taking money out, um, that's their average rate. Uh, but the the last dollar is likely taxed at 22 percent.
0: Yeah, good point. So like, if you so if if you just look at your tax return, right, and you look at how much you paid in federal taxes. Yep. and you could divide it by your what was your gross income from that year you can you know really quickly figure out your average tax rate which is different likely than your tax brackets like it's it's would be lower for many people like if for in that example where someone had 83 thousand a married couple eighty three thousand six hundred dollars of taxable income they're in the 22 percent bracket and if they earned more you know in that year they would have paid at the 22 percent rate on those dollars but their average tax might be like thirteen percent right because most right. they 're going to pay most of their taxes in the bracket below that, just in that example um yeah that 's a good point it It is kind of like you know people that you know, higher income earners or, or really anyone, right, might say, ah, oh, I'm paying taxes at 24% or 32 or 35%. Sounds like a lot, right? But if you if yeah. if you if you take the, ta- because, but don't forget, you know, there are, we have a large standard deduction right now. Um, so you're not paying taxes on all of your income anyway. If you put money away in tax-deductible retirement plans, you're not paying taxes on that. So if you look at your taxes paid and divided into your gross income, it's likely a number, pretty, significant several percentage points. Less than where your what your actual bracket is, uh, which might be comforting for right. some people to know. And sometimes, you know, uh, like your CPA might give you that overview sheet, and right and it might give you some information, including what your average tax rate was. Um, I went... It's super interesting. I went back and... Actually, Justin, can you go to... Oh, maybe I can send you the link. I I like to... <coughs> you'll hear people say, and I, and I say this all the time, that tax brackets are pretty low right now. Um, yep. We had the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act um, a few years... Several years, but was that four years back now? Was that 2018? Um, and uh, our tax brackets are low, number one, but also... <coughs> Um, like the thresholds are pretty low right now in terms of where the brackets. I'm sorry, our thresholds are pretty high in, right now in terms of where the brackets fall compared to history. So I just found okay. some information. Um, uh, the website is um, taxfoundation.org. I'll send you this link so that you can maybe pull this one up because it's kind of interesting. Oh, it's that's like
1: where, that's where we just were. My screen share is on Tax Foundation. Okay, okay yeah.
0: they have a page um, for historical income tax brackets, and okay. so if let me just email you this really quickly because and actually maybe it's too well uh, we'll pull it up it'll be kind of fun anyway I went back like 30 and 40 years to just let people uh, to give people some perspective regarding where tax brackets fall now How, what you know it's I like people to have perspective like you'll hear our oh, taxes are actually low right now of course you know people uh, don't always feel like taxes are low right when you're paying taxes and and all that doesn't feel like they're low But we've had some crazy High tax brackets In the future So I pulled some information You could If you pulled up on top. Can tax. you see my screen? Yeah I can see your screen
1: Is that it? Is that what you're looking for?
0: Um, yeah Go over I think so
1: Okay You know what? Mine looks oh, a
0: little me, me, bit different
1: Let me just put uh, Some information You know j- Just to Add a little context to that Right I mean if, if you look at the screen now This is just mm. a, a Historical chart Um of, of the top The top bracket Federal tax bracket right? mm-hmm. and I know that you, can, you can't see this on the Obviously on the radio But um, back in 1952 The highest marginal tax rate Was 92% And so I think when people say Tax yeah. rates are low now They're yeah. looking sort of And saying hey well, Let's look at history And you know For a lot of the You know essentially Beginning in the late In the mid 30s Right you have a, a, a Top federal tax rate Of 63% Yeah And it doesn't get below 50% until 1982 Wow, Uh, and so
0: that does make sense coming out of the Great Depression that we would have you know higher tax rates as a result of that, right? I mean, and at that time, I think you know
1: it it doesn't really that doesn't mean that anyone by any stretch. I I think almost probably nobody as a percentage of the population was paying that was paying that tax rate. Obviously, yeah, yeah, Um, but it was just for very very wealthy folks, and right, you you have all the you know you had the nineteen twenties and you know the robber barons, and that was probably a legacy of that. Um, That's just a guess. I'm just educated guessing here on the radio, but yeah, uh. As as time has gone on, the highest federal tax rate has gone has gone down. It now sits at thirty seven percent. Although that doesn't necessarily mean that taxes are lower, right? Right. It matters what you know what levels of income are taxed to those rates. And I think that was that was the point you're making.
0: Right. So like I went back. So I just started. and I went back thirty years. Right. So not back to the forties or fifties, but I went back thirty years. So I looked at nineteen ninety two tax brackets. And yep. when you look at these tax brackets, you'll the the the, um, the dollars you'll see. You know, especially if you go back 30, 40 years or more, the dollars you'll see in terms of those thresholds are much lower, but we have to factor in inflation, right? So we have to do some present value calculations to yeah. really put it in perspective for people. So I went back and, um, in 1992, a married couple filing jointly that made about $34,000 then, but what is roughly the equivalent of, I would say, like sixty eight or $70,000 now, right? So yeah. so 30 Thirty years ago, someone making the equivalent, a married couple making the equivalent of about thirty-two thousand, I'm sorry, sixty-eight thousand dollars today, paid taxes at the twenty-eight percent rate. They were in the twenty-eight percent tax bracket. Oh, wow. Now those people are in the twelve and and just into the twenty and into the twenty-two percent tax bracket. So even okay. if you do a even if you do a future value calculation, you'll see what people mean by tax brackets are actually low now, not just in terms of the percent. But in terms of like the thresholds are a bit higher for the higher okay. bracket. So, and and a married couple. So again, 30 years ago in 1992, a married couple making what was back then about. Eighty-two thousand dollars, but I roughly would guess the equivalent of one hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars today, right? So, married couple making the equivalent of one hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars paid taxes yeah. at at thirty-one percent. Again, not all of their income; it was still a progressive tax rate uh, back then. But they yeah. were in the thirty-one percent tax bracket then, and those people now are in the twenty-two and twenty-four percent tax bracket. So, is that that's a you know a seven uh, yeah. right seven to nine percent differential there for like an average uh, married couple, like in, you know, one hundred and sixty six thousand dollars isn't like, you know, in this part of the world where we live anyway, not an in, in exorbitant amount of money. Right. For a married couple. Right. Right. Um, yep. So so even though brackets weren't materially different back then, the thresholds were very different. So people are actually paying taxes at a lower rate. Um, and the thresholds change, and also the standard deductions. Well that like the deductions were very different, right? There was a lower deduction, but then people, more people, could itemize. So it, it's really hard to compare that, right? That's unique to everybody. And then just, yeah. r- I won't go, I won't go too far down the rabbit hole with this one, but I think it's super interesting. Forty years ago, so I'm back to nineteen. 19- I'm sorry 82 again you we saw from your chart that, that the top bracket was 50% right which is now yep. 37% and 40 years ago um, a married couple filing jointly that Made then eighty five thousand, which is now more like two hundred and twenty five thousand. So yeah. think of think of if you made if you and your spouse made about one hundred and ten thousand bucks each, right? You made two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars total. And actually, we're talking about taxable income, so you'd have to make you know yeah, three, two fifty two, two, two seventy five. Yeah. yeah so so if you're you and your wife think you think about you guys make two sixty two seventy together right now. Right now, you're paying taxes in the thirty seven percent tax bracket, but back forty. Years ago, it was the fifty percent tax bracket. So forty years ago, half of your income above a certain threshold was was going to the federal government. We didn't even talk about state yet. This is yeah. this is just the federal tax bracket. And actually, I don't think that the state bracket, the state taxes haven't changed very much in the in uh, the last thirty or forty years. Um, so anyway, super interesting. And then yeah, I just pulled like from nineteen sixty five to nineteen eighty one, the top bracket was seventy percent, and then the forties, yeah. and, and like you said, f- from that. Chart, like coming out of the Great Depression in the 40s and 50s, the top bracket was 90%. Not only that, there were like 20 brackets. You can see from your, uh, (laughs) right? We only have seven brackets right now. Imagine, you know, just how complicated the calculations were back when they weren't, you know, not everybody had computers and things like that, right? And people are doing all these calculations by hand. And there's like, you know, 12 to 14 tax brackets back then. But you're right. Like when, when the top brackets were, you know, 70 and 90%, you're talking about the equivalent of like people that make more than like a million dollars, you know, in today's dollars or eight hundred thousand to a million. I did the calculation once before. I forget what year I used, but that 90 percent bracket was for people making basically a million dollars or more. So, um, okay. so, so, you know, people re- really high income earners. Um,
1: yeah. And yeah. And part of this is it, it, it's so complex. Like even when you hear, you know, for, for folks who are listening to the news and there's the proposed tax legislation, right? You know, one yeah. side saying, hey, we're either increasing or we're or we're lowering taxes. And then the other side saying, oh, oh, yeah, it's no, this these people are making are paying more and these people are paying less. It's I mean, the, the level of complexity in the tax system, I guess it's it's certainly improved in recent years. But, yeah, if you look back in, in time, uh, it was it was awfully complicated. And uh, I think we're uh, you know, that, that leads to some confusion. I think that's probably why we're going to spend so much time dealing with <laughs> dealing with the Roth and, and trying to walk. People through how you you know how you use it Correctly to maximize yeah uh, I, I should say minimize your, t- your your Tax burden
0: right yeah I um. I do I actually I Was doing some reading recently about um, Just like about tax legislation And that sounds super boring but I'm trying to finish My master's as you know in taxation so yeah. So I do a lot of reading about taxation but um, It's it's interesting because You know you and I know that the tax code is Incredibly complicated Right and um, And I was reading that you know legislators like Congress, right? They I, apparently the intent has always, you know, they they, they apparently weigh when they're. Considering tax changes, they're supposed to be weighing what does this add in terms of complexity to the tax code, and for Americans preparing their taxes and, and accountants, yeah. versus what is the benefit, right, of the legislation. But it just seems like it just seems it, it it seems like that complication factor doesn't much matter because it just keeps getting more and more complicated, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. With yeah. with everything that passes, and I I heard. A statistic um, a few weeks ago, I mean, people uh, you've probably heard that people that filed their taxes late last year still haven't received refunds, right? Because the IRS is incredibly far behind. Yeah, people that extended their taxes last year, I guess a significant amount of people that extended their taxes last year till October still haven't received refunds because the IRS IRS has an incredibly large backlog right now of um, returns to process, like you know like like a lot of other businesses they're understaffed right and and i and i also heard that um, I, I'm probably going to get the specifics wrong, but it's something like in 2021, the IRS received like 28 million phone calls from Americans because they're because of, you know, the, the <laughs> stimulus and all the changes as a result of that. And and, um, you know, they were just inundated more, more so than normal. And they were only able to answer one percent of the phone calls. Right. So they're still answering millions of calls. But but. But not yeah. nearly what right meeting the demand and the end, they have this huge backlog. So I'm sure it's you know staffing and you know maybe related to money and funding and stuff like that too. But um, just Did they really say how,
1: many, how many people they had answering the phones? I'm gonna guess it wasn't. a, a few hundred
0: No, thousand? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It Probably wasn't a few hundred thousand. You're right. You know, a couple dozen. I don't know. A few yeah. hundred. Um, anyway, we're gonna take a uh, break in a minute. But yeah, I and I interestingly enough, I keep getting emails from my accountant saying, "Get your stuff in early. Get your stuff in early. We don't want to have to be." extending you know unless absolutely necessary because the backlog is just going to get worse right here we are in in you know tax season and and if you know if there's already a backlog from last year who's going to get their return if they extend this year how long is it going to be right so um i'm getting reminders from our cpa about that all right. We have to um, take a break here in a minute. So you're, uh, you're listening to McNamara on money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning by my brother and business partner, Justin McNamara. You can find out more about us at McNamaraFinancial.com or McNamaraOfTheMerrimac.com. You can check out our podcast where you find your podcast app. Search McNamara on money. We are talking today about the Roth IRA and all its glory. We'll go uh, into that in more detail after the break. Talk about why we love them so much and why you might consider funding one if you haven't already. We're taking a break break. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Alyssa Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Your investment strategy should largely be determined by the amount of time you have before needing the money. If you are aggressively invested, time is your friend when it comes to your portfolio recovering from this scary stock market. If you need your invested money soon, it should have been conservative to begin with. If you're not sure how your money is invested, I'd be happy to offer my opinion. 781-834-2010. And we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning by my brother and business partner, Justin McNamara. Good morning again.
1: Good morning.
0: Um, we're talking about Roth IRAs today, one of my favorite things to talk about on the air and also with clients. I think they're you know broadly appropriate. We'll get into that. Um, not everyone I didn't know this was
1: your favorite topic. I, it's one I, of my...
0: How have I missed my, that? I don't know. Well, we don't what sit in years? a lot of client meetings together, but. <laughs> so, yeah. um, She's obsessed, Justin. Obsessed. Well, you, I know she... I, you know how I you know I have a little thing for taxes, <laughs> yes, right? And it's you very, like it. yeah. it's very interrelated, right? It's, it's, yeah. I mean, got to talk about taxes a lot when I talk about Roths and comparing them to other investment vehicles. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's fun. It's very fun. Um, and I always run out, like, this is one of those shows that my, I never get to my whole outline, um, but that's what I, I mean by, think we, yeah,
1: we think we might have to slow down. Point. One so far,
0: so yeah. All right, so um, all right, let's get into some of the specifics, right? And then we'll talk about you know suitability and where they're appropriate and all that stuff. But um, so so the the difference between Roth, let's just we'll talk about Roth IRAs, then we got to you know have to get into Roth four hundred one k's. Um the difference between a Roth and what I would call a traditional retirement plan which is like a deductible 401k, traditional IRA. Um there's there's lots of them but those are th- uh the more common ones, right? So when you contribute to a traditional 401k which most people have, right? Most people when they're making a 401k uh, contribution, uh, it's the of the traditional sort, which means it's a deductible contribution. Same thing with an IRA. When you add to an IRA, what we call a traditional IRA, you're getting a tax deduction, which means you shrink your taxable income in that year, dollar for dollar, for the, the dollars that you put in to that traditional retirement plan, IRA 401k. So if you put $10,000 last year into your 401k through work, and if you were contributing to what we call the traditional 401k, otherwise known as deductible, you shrunk your taxable income by $10,000. So you paid less in taxes last year in that example than you would have paid if you didn't put that money into the traditional 401k. Okay, so you you save yourself some taxes, and what that means for people is, you know, when, when you save some taxes, y- you have more spendable money, right? Um, it, it, I guess if you didn't put the money in the 401k, then you'd have more spendable money. But but uh, getting a tax, you know, in, investing ten thousand dollars in a non-retirement account versus putting ten thousand dollars in a deductible retirement account like a 401k IRA. Um, or, or an IRA, I should say You you save yourself some tax dollars Which means you have more spendable money that year So, like, we call it, you know it, it frees up cash flow, right? It, it that, takes that, a little bit of a burden That was the
1: incentive when 401K's IRAs were created That was the incentive was saying Hey, you know, we want to we incentivize people to save for retirement and they said well hey you can save this money and you don't pay taxes and that's fantastic and people said oh wow that's great we'll uh, we'll we'll put the money in there because we don't have to pay as much in taxes and again back then when when you know 401k's started um, mm, you know okay. tax rates were were certainly higher so it's just, especially for higher income folks you know if you're putting your you know if you're, if your marginal tax rate's 50% and I actually don't know What it was back in
0: Yeah when were the when were four, I don't know when 401Ks And IRAs Late 70s 70s right
1: were, Yeah and so let's see What the tax rate was Yeah I mean the highest Marginal rate uh, through the seventies was was seventy percent. Seventy percent. That yeah. was a, a substantial <laughs> benefit to you. Yeah. Uh, especially for higher income folks. Again, not everyone was paying at that rate, obviously, but um, it was a pretty big be- a pretty big deal. And right. You, you wouldn't have seen a lot of uh, Roth contributions back then if you were in the seventy percent.
0: No, no. <laughs> it was Roth wasn't even around until the nineties. <laughs> no, right. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so. When when you put money into a four a traditional four hundred one k and an IRA you get your deduction which is great and that year you get your uh, you get a little bit more spendable income. <clears throat> And you're saving for retirement. But then but you will pay your taxes at some point in those accounts. When someone, whether it's you or whoever inherits your money after you pass, when you take money out of an IRA or a 401k in retirement, that's when you're going to pay your taxes. So the government will always get its tax revenue with those type of accounts. And most and all accounts, I should say. Um, the Roth is a little different, but we'll get into that. But you know, the government's always going to get its tax revenue. It's just a matter of am I going to pay my taxes now or am I going to pay my taxes later? So with many like working professionals, right, where they're, um, you know, especially older working professionals, right, uh, uh, established in their careers, right, lots of years behind them, right, people that are especially, I guess I would say especially older people, right, 50s and 60s that are like nearing retirement, but they're in their likely in their highest earnings years in their career, right, if, they, if they've advanced in their career over time, yeah. <laughs> they're likely in their highest earnings years so it would make sense for them to pay to take deductions in those years and add money to deductible 401k's and deductible IRAs because when you're playing a little tax game right you want to take your deductions when you're in a high tax bracket right so you want to shrink your taxable income take deductions when you're in a high bracket like your high income earning years and then if you're going to pay taxes at some point you want to ideally pay taxes when you're in a lower tax bracket, if possible. It's not always possible for people to to change tax brackets, but think about like like I said, people that are in their fifties and sixties, maybe you know, highest earning years of their career, right? And um and and they're making could be making several hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? High tax bracket. Then if they when they retire, that income goes away. Their taxable income, social security, they might have a pension. Their spouse might have social security. They might be taking money from their portfolio. but we'll kind of get into specifics later about that's not always taxable depending on where your money is coming from. Maybe their expenses are lower, their kids are through college, their mortgage may be paid off, right? So they don't need as much money. They don't need as much money as they needed when they were working, right? And when you're working, you're saving. So you need more so you can save some. So it's not uncommon for people to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement because their income is often lower because they don't need as much at that stage of their life.
1: Right. So, I would say that, uh, you know, just to, to piggyback on that, I would, uh, again, this is anecdotal, and, and I, don't, I don't know there's a lot of research on this specifically, but, uh, you know, we run financial plans all the time, and, you know, we look at, we do tax rate projections, and I, I'd say it's, I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone's tax rate go up in retirement. Right, um, yeah. There oh, yeah, are certainly yeah. occasions. Where it'll stay the same and, and generally that's when you're talking about I, I would say, again, this is a generalization But if you have maybe a pension or two mm-hmm. um, It might not be uncommon for you to retire And you know, you're know you in the 22% tax bracket And then you retire, pick your, pick up your pension And you stay there
0: Yeah, um, pension- I would say it, it, yeah. it's got
1: to be at least 75% of, of people who we're doing forecasts for at, at, Will drop at some point In yeah. retirement as far as their tax rate goes I mean, it's, it's not uh, I would say it's rare that I don't see some dip In that rate um, again, that's anecdotal. Yeah. No research on that, but no,
0: I you know, would agree based yeah. on experience. The, the majority of yeah. people definitely drop a tax bracket, and and dropping a tax bracket like right now it could be two percent, right? It could be from the right. twenty four to the twenty two, yeah. but some yeah. people, some people drop from the. bracket right now to the 12% bracket, right? Like someone who has, um, you know, they're taking a couple social securities, maybe there's a small pension, maybe they've got a bunch of cash in the bank in the first few years in retirement, they're going to live off some cash in the bank, right? Or they just have modest expenses and they don't need much more than what their social security is paying them. Those people could easily be in the 12% tax bracket, right? Or if they're taking, you know, maybe they have some Roth IRA money and they're taking it out, so they're even if they're taking from their portfolio, it might not be fully taxable. So, um, Yeah, I I would agree with that, that most people are are in a lower tax bracket in retirement than they are just before retirement probably a different answer if you know tax brackets change but if we ignore that for a moment probably a different answer if we're talking to like a 30 something and thinking about what tax bracket they might be in retirement right or or a 20 something right Right. because they're not in their higher might not be in their highest earnings years yet right they're just getting started out in their careers and and so like when we talk about I guess we're skipping ahead a little bit but if we talk about like suitability (laughs) that's a fancy word in our in our world but who is the Roth most appropriate for, it's not always appropriate for someone, for those people in their highest earnings years, right? Those 50 and 60-somethings very established in their career, you know, if they're like, hey, should I put money in my Roth 401k or my Roth IRA, Um, it's for them, taking a deduction in their highest bracket is likely better because, like you said, they'll probably drop a tax bracket in retirement and, and it's OK. You know, they they might not want a Roth because they don't want to pay taxes now at a high rate. OK, um, right. I am skipping ahead a little bit because we didn't even talk about like the specifics of the Roth. yet. Yeah. But, yeah. but with I, it, go ahead.
1: Sorry, yeah. go, just to just to piggyback on that, you mentioned the you know the differences in the rates, which we talked about, right? There's the ten, then there's the twelve, and it jumps to 22, 24, and then it's up to thirty two. Um, we probably won't make. Oh I mean we try not to make general recommendations anyway but the the Roth discussion and you know when you're doing tax planning in general you know either pre-retirement or in retirement it's going to be very very dependent on your personal brackets right there are mm-hmm. a lot of folks who are in that you know you may be working in the in in the you know the 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 line between the 10 and the 12% tax bracket and in that case or the or the 22 and the 24% tax bracket and that in you know if you're trying to stay you know, well, hey, I don't want to jump up into the next bracket. If the next bracket's only a 2% increase in your taxes, it's not all that material. Whereas if you're on one of the, you know, the larger jumps, right? If you're between 12 and 20 and 22, that's a 10% increase in any yeah. in, in that jump. So if it was, you know, talking about, uh, you know, a distribution to fund your income and retirement, if you jump over that 12 bracket, all of a sudden the next 20 grand you take out is, is costing you an extra $2,000 and it's all of a sudden real money. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we won't, we'll talk about about this in in broad strokes but um all this needs to be done with numbers on your personalized situation and, and how much time you spend on it uh i think is would depend on you know the benefit to you as far right. as all right if i'm gonna make all these changes how much is it really going to save me is it two percent well then I, you know i may not bother because it's two percent of five grand and
0: right I care. right tax planning is so fun isn't it uh, oh, I can't officially say I do tax planning yet. I have to. I, how long have I been talking about getting my master's? I am almost done. I, I, I don't
1: even know. Are oh, you
0: almost done? I'm. Almost, I, sh- I. I should. <laughs> here, here I am, four years in. I thought it would take me two years, but COVID really threw a wrench in that. My kids were home all the time, but um, I just restarted. I should. I should be done this year. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, all right. So. So a Roth IRA, okay, so we we talked about deductible plans. A Roth IRA is the opposite, where when you put is the opposite of a traditional IRA and a 401k from a tax perspective in terms that in terms of when you put money into a Roth, you don't get a tax deduction. So you're putting what we call after tax money into the Roth. So no change to your taxes that year. But the beauty of the Roth is that all of the money comes out tax free in retirement. We have to talk about what a qualified distribution is. There are certain situations where you can't take the money out tax free. We'll get to that in a second. But Um, But so so with a Roth, you pay taxes now and you get tax free income later. Again, if it's a qualified distribution. But where the beauty really lies, Justin, is that this is (laughs) except for a 529. This is the only investment account. Where there's no taxes. This is the only like investment where there's no taxes on growth other than a college, a 529 college savings account, where if you take that out for, again, a qualified withdrawal for tuition and room and board and things are tax free. But there's no other investment account where you're getting the the benefit of tax free growth. Right. So uh, other than I guess I should say one time. uh i should I do feel I, I said investment if we talk about real estate, some people can get tax free growth on real estate because if it 's within the you know standard deduction on uh, on a re- on real estate growth so so I, I, I guess I f- always feel the need that I have to throw that in there where you can get tax free growth on real estate like on your home, for example, because there's a large um, deduction for uh, excuse me a large exemption for growth on real estate um, okay. Anyway, yeah, well, right? Not, yeah, not really an investment. Not really an investment, pr- I guess. If it's your primary residence, residence you would, primary yeah. residence, right? And there's no exemption on an investment property, so it's right. I guess yeah. that's more comparable. You're right. If I if we talk about investment properties that you're not living in, yeah, more comparable, no tax free uh, growth there. Um, but that's the beauty of it. Like if you, um, th- there's just. Like in an in an IRA, you're paying your tax right in it with an IRA contribution, a traditional one, where you take the deduction. Um, you're paying taxes on all the money later, which is what which is comprised of what you put in plus the growth. So you're paying taxes on the growth. In a right. non-retirement or what we call a non-qualified investment account, some people might call that a brokerage account. You can, you can invest money there, and you always get your capital back with no taxes, but you're paying taxes on the growth. So right. there's no other investment investment. investment vehicle where you get that tax free growth. So and I guess we should just uh, not all withdrawals from a Roth are what we call qualified in order for them to be tax free. They need to be qualified. So you have to be over the age of 59 and a half and you have to you you must have had the Roth Open a Roth open for more than five years in order to have a qualified distribution from a Roth where all the dollars are tax free. Roths are interesting in that you can. Take withdrawals before 59 and a half without taxes, but you can only withdraw up to the amount of the capital you put in with to avoid taxes there. Right. So if you're 40 and you have put 20 grand into a Roth over the last few years and you need that money back for something, you can take that. What did I just say? 20 grand. You can take that 20 grand back out with no taxes, but you can't touch any of the earnings before 59 and a half without paying tax, without a penalty on that. Um, so they're just they're interesting in that regard, because really, there's no other other than like, you know, uh, there's really no other place where you can go to grab. Yeah money uh, tax-free. Again, you can't touch the growth without a penalty before 59 and a half, but they're they're kind of interesting and and a little bit flexible in that regard. Yeah, so, Um,
1: you know, just as as a reminder to everybody, please do track your Roth contributions year to year. I mean, we, you know, we do this because we have mm. software in place. And so, you know, if a client comes and says, hey, I need to grab some money from someplace, yeah. you know, and they have a Roth IRA that they contribute to over the years, we'll know, oh, it looks like you have, uh, you know, total lifetime contributions of $25,550. You know, you could take out up to that amount tax free. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, I, I actually don't, are Roth IRAs even, I don't think the number is even tracked
0: on a tax return.
1: Um, I no. would
0: they're not because no, yes, they're so not like you- reportable.
1: So you need to make sure that you're tracking that number um, on a year to year basis. And, you know, hopefully your custodian will help you if you, if you get into trouble But just, you know, just for, for all those folks who are doing Roth contributions, just make a note just in case, in case you need to grab some money back.
0: Yeah. Um, One interesting thing that I was actually just reading before the show and struck me as interesting and not something that's always top of mind for me, but one for all retirement accounts in general, one way that people can avoid the early withdrawal penalty. So with an IRA, 401k, um, and and other types of traditional retirement accounts, when you take money out before 59 and a half, that's called a non-qualified distribution. So you you pay taxes on the money, of course, and then there's a 10% federal tax penalty, which is that premature withdrawal penalty. Yep. um that's also the case with Roth so if you put uh you know if you take all of the money including the earnings out of the Roth before 59 and a half you pay um, income taxes and a penalty right on the growth. It's not just that's the right. penalty; it's income taxes plus the penalty on the growth. Again, with a Roth, you always get your capital back because that's unless not you, yeah, unless you have an
1: exception like a first-time home purchase or disability. Yeah, there, there are a few exceptions right. to it, but yeah, in general, yeah, it's taxes plus the penalty.
0: Yeah, and what's just interesting lately to me because I had a conversation recently about this with a client, and I was just reading before the show. But one of the exceptions to that penalty is qualified tuition payments. So so you can take so if you're 55 for example we we could have a whole show on whether or not you should do this, but just you can if you're 55, for example, and your kids going off to college and you need some money for college, you can take money out of a retirement account, an IRA. I don't know about a 401k, actually, an IRA, and you can use it to pay tuition. And I think you have to maybe pay it directly from the IRA. I'm not sure about that, but you can use it to pay tuition. You still pay taxes on the money, but you can avoid the 10 percent penalty for qualified tuition-qualified tuition payments. And that's the same with the Roth IRA. So yep. it was just interesting um, Like I was reading an article before the show about someone encouraging like kids, for example, like, you know, teenagers to add money to a Roth because they could take it out later and use it for college expenses, which is just kind of interesting. And like, you know, the, the normal way to the normal way that. I would recommend, you know, most people say for college is using a five twenty nine that because, again, you get earnings tax free um, if used for education. Um, And that's kind of flexible, too, in terms of being able to move that around to the family. But I, I just it was just interesting that, you know, there might be some people having young, you know, their kids, for example, put money into Roths and sort of earmarking that for being used for tuition because you can avoid the penalty. But can you a, okay. hold on? Can you avoid taxes though? Actually, no, it wouldn't be. You would, would be
1: would be better because you would get it all tax free. The growth would be tax free, whereas you'd pay tax on the Roth earnings.
0: Oh, but you would just avoid the ten percent penalty. Okay, all right. So right. I mean, the five still is better. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, we. T- I mean, we talk about you know Roth as sort of a, a backup plan, and I think that goes that goes to the the discussion of yeah. you know the flexibility of the Roth and the ability to get money money out. I mean, if you're funding a 529 plan and you know, you, you also have the kids fund a Roth IRA when they're younger, if they have a part-time job, even if the parents are making the contribution, they can throw some money into a Roth for a kid. It may be a good backup plan, say for grad school, right? Oh, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to cover undergrad and we'll, we'll do a Roth IRA. If it turns out they need money for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, they have an emergency and they need a car, they, yeah. you know, they go to grad school, they want to use some for a home down payment. Um, the money is accessible to them, always the capital. And, and again, the case of education and the earnings as well. But it wouldn't be a great idea as a right. primary plan because you would have
0: to pay the taxes. Right. I was forgetting that you have to pay taxes on the growth. You just avoid the penalty on the growth. Yeah. That's OK. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think, that, yeah, more often it's, yeah, parents using the, you know, parents it might not be a bad idea for because often they're you know they're paying the big bills and they, they might be up short and so it's a nice it's a good thing to have in the quiver is to know that you can grab some money from an ira again if it's appropriate
0: i thought you were going to say again it's, i use the word quiver because you used that with me on the phone the other day and i was like oh quivers you made fun of me yeah i did <laughs> oh i like it no it makes a lot of sense um maybe you could pull up i I wanted to we have like I don't know five six minutes before we need to take a break i I wanted yep. so an, another I was talking about you know the the beauty of the roth is the uh, that um, the glory lies in the the tax free nature of the investment earnings not guaranteed so um, I think that the real um, the power of these, and and really where they will be the most impactful if you're trying to, I guess, play this tax game, right? Which which yeah. which is not, which is very common, and you know everybody wants to, um, um, or I shouldn't say everybody, but very common to want to be as tax efficient as possible, right? And and um, of course, what am I talking about? I, I I just meant like you know there are ways to lower your taxes, of course, perfectly legally, right? But just be very tax efficient. Anyway. The the, yep. They These are really incredibly Powerful if you can maximize investment Earnings again not guaranteed but um, you, you know the, the way to do that well Of course you, you know the more aggressive you Are potentially the more return y- You would have in a Roth IRA But really the more time you Have the more Powerful I think the Roth will Become because compounding Earnings over time Are if that's powerful in and of Itself but then if you add the tax-free nature of the earnings in a Roth IRA, that's incredible, right? Like, can you pull yeah. up a savings calculator? Maybe we can sure. um, sh- do a share screen. Like, you know, if you, again, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about like where these are the most appropriate, but I think the, the Roth is the most appropriate or again, the most powerful if if people can start them at a young age and Um, you know, again, we have to talk about who can even add money to a Roth. That's a whole different part of the conversation. See how I get so excited and I I skip ahead too much, but um, the yeah, let's do like a little calculation regarding just compounding earnings because yeah,
1: or, Just throw out some numbers and I'll, I'll throw in yeah, yeah, So for, like for those so, who are watching, they can, so, they can see and we'll, we'll talk you through it. Okay, so someone radio. is t-
0: uh, 28, for example, and they have, well, I don't know, starting amount would be a dollar, right? They don't have any, they're, they're, I'm going to open up a Roth IRA, I'm going to add, let's even do a small dollar amount, $3,000 per year, right? This is a young person starting out. I'm going to add $3,000 per year. I'm 28 years old, if I do this for, geez, 30 years, right, yep. and if they can earn, I don't know, we could start with a low percentage and then and then show how cool the number would be if it was a higher percentage, but what if they could even average 7% per year on that huh? money, which over 30 years in a, an aggressive, diversified investment strategy is not out of the realm of, of possibility. So after... 30 years this 28 year old that's just adding 3000 per year right now the limit's actually 6000 per year 7000 per year for people over age 50 but if they're just putting like roughly half of that in for 30 years and they're earning 7% their future value is 303,000 so they put in $90,000 over that 30 years at 3,000 a year so their total Earnings. Oh, that's cool. It shows you the earnings are two hundred and thirteen thousand dollars. And and so th- their future value is three hundred thousand. You And you get so basically you're getting, you know, that's future dollars. So we'd have to write that doesn't spend like it does today. Right. So it's really not as high as it sounds. But you're, you're basically getting you could take all of that earn all of those earnings, that two hundred and thirteen thousand in that example out tax free. Yeah. Right. So hold on. So thirty. I need to do a present I need to do a future value calculation to really put that into perspective. And then we're gonna do it at six thousand per year, because I think that'll be obviously more fun. Two hundred and thirteen thousand dollars today spends like I'll do two and a half percent inflation, I guess. Spends like Oh, I did that wrong $213,000 future value Wait,
1: do, you have, do you have the calculator out there?
0: I just have a calculator on, on my phone I have a calculator on uh, my okay. on my phone 2.5% okay. inflation so $213,000 spends like about $100,000 spends today but in that example just diligent saving over a long period of time you're getting yeah. $100,000 tax free there's no taxes on it now just yeah. oh Tim's yelling at me that we gotta take a break no it's too exciting Tim we're gonna keep going two more minutes um, now <laughs> now we're going to assume this we're going to assume this 28 year old is super responsible he's going to put or she's going to put $6000 per year away for 30 years into a Roth IRA so can you change the contribution to 6000 he's still going to do yep. it for 30 years we're still going to use 7% earnings he has then $600,000 total value, but he put in 180000 So $426,000 is his earnings in that example, hypothetical, not guaranteed, over that period of time, which spends like $200,000 today. So that person could take, in today's dollars, $200,000 out in retirement, tax-free. If he's over 59 and a half, he has to be over 59 and a half, not 58 in that example. Um, but that's super cool that's where the glory Or the beauty glorious. lies I was say, it, that's it, glorious. it is so glorious And it's perfectly legal Everybody Alright, we have to take a break You're listening to McNamara on Money I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed Joined this morning By my brother and business partner Justin McNamara We are talking about the Roth And how glorious it is Maybe you should consider Opening one for you Or your kids If you haven't already We'll talk a little bit more About specifics right after the break Be right back